Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to an early edition of Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here at New York. I'm broadcasting from the bright red desk on a beautiful, kind of overcast, but a little gray and gloomy Sunday. Perfect travel day. I uh, just left Detroit, Ann Arbor, where I was playing with all my fellow astrologers at the Great Lakes Astrology Conference. And now I'm headed off to um, the Jung Retreat up in Rhinebeck. So looking forward to uh, meditating with my fellow Jungians. I just love my life right now. It's like really cool. And really exciting news this morning. I got accepted to speak at the IVC 2020, which is an international astrology conference that takes place in India. So I got picked, you know, these eclipses. I'm really liking these eclipses. <laughs> I was a little worried about them. But I was like, you know, they're on my ascendant and they're my midheaven. So, you know. And I got picked, so this is exciting. It's not until January of 2020, but I got the email this morning. So um, so that was my exciting news today. And off we go to India in a year and a half. But that's all right. You know, I'll, I plan on being here then, so I'll be ready to roll. Um, so at any rate, uh, what we have in the week ahead, we're still in eclipse season. And as you can know, as you know, because I just got good news, eclipses can be good news or bad news, but they do change things. They help you see things you never saw before. And this year we have three of them because there's uh, when the nodes are within 15 degrees of the sun, that's the season. So there's three because the <laughs> there's a new moon in Cancer and a new moon in Leo kind of at the ends. They're partial eclipses. And then smack dead on the nodes of fate is the eclipse on the 27th of July. And so we're in eclipse season. We just had the new moon eclipse last week. We are now moving towards the full moon. The full moon's going to be a little bit of a bear um, for a couple of reasons. It's on the south, Mars and the moon, emotions, motions, motions, moon, Mars, action, 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 on the south node of fate, release, 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 going towards the north node in Leo where the sun is hanging out. Okay, So emotionally, this is a biggie. And you want to think back to January of last year, January of 17, around January 27th, there was a new moon in Aquarius then. And then there also was, in, on October 27th of last year, there was a, a opening quarter. So this is the full moon story. So I have a few people that are, you know, working this story. One of them's looking to get money back from someone who kind of took a lot of money from them. More through uh, work and effort. Some are having custody arrangements. You know, this is when we're we're going in and we're fighting for our children's custody. So I've got a couple people doing doing custody stuff. You know, mom and moon and the mom, moon opposite the sun. So there's a lot of emotional energy with this, and it also with Mars on the moon. People are going to be a little wild, and also remember Mars is out of bounds. So Mars out of bounds is a little bit wilder. It's untethered. It's flying free. It, it doesn't necessarily follow the rules. So the energy is kind of like, all right, what do you do? We're going wild. And so you want to kind of be aware that that's happening and then figure out if it's happening in your environment, what you want to do about it, because it's there. And you need to notice it, look at it, figure it out, work with it. But the eclipses are long. It's long this time. It runs until the... Um, the 24th, 25th of August, uh, when we have the full moon, um, 
actually the 26th of August when we have the full moon in Pisces. So this is a this is a long eclipse season, and some eclipse seasons are bigger than others. This is a bigger one for two reasons. One, the North Node has been in Leo since May of last year, and the universe is trying to align you on your path. We've been talking about this on the radio show for a few few months now because when the node went into leo it said okay are you doing your path and no filling around anymore so you've had since may of last year to figure it out now we're getting to the push and so now is when the planets are all kind of clustered at the beginning of the zodiac beginning of the signs that they're in so they're all kind of having this little squabble down there between two and nine so traumas or things that prevented you from that prevent you from moving forward now that occurred when you were between two and nine, those are the things that you're going to be looking at or being asked to figure out how to work with because there's a whole bunch of energy in heavens that's kind of pushing on those. And, of course, the stuff that happens when we're little and we don't have a lot of control tends to be bigger stuff. So that's the other piece, emotions really flying. So I have a client I've had for many, many years, and... Um, you know, she was just sobbing on the phone the other day, and it was, it, you know, it was a really old story. And she kind of, I mean, I've, I've been working with her for years, right? And I got a piece of the story I had never heard before, and I went, well, you know, that makes everything makes so much sense because what eclipses do. I mean, I was like, oh my god, no wonder that's going on, right? It was just that kind of <gasps> moment, like, wow. That just solves. That just helps me understand so much more, and also why she was so upset, right? So what eclipses do is they bring this stuff up from the underworld, and this eclipse is opposite Pluto, so it's you know it's Pluto is power, and Moon and Sun joined, you know, say okay, go. Now in my case, I got picked for that conference, but I have the Moon and the Sun on my planets, my ruler of my chart, ruler of my direction in life saying, okay, what work have you been doing opposite Pluto? Claim your claim your power. You know, say, yes, I'd like to apply, and I got accepted. So that was kind of cool. Other people, it's, a, it's understanding power dynamics on a different level, understanding triangles on a different level. You, another person, and a third person. You, another person, and a third thing. And understanding how to work in that creative. And, of course, if we're truly working our creative path, as the North Node in Leo invites us, compels us, suggests really strongly we do anything that's blocking you from doing your path wants to leave now because it's like you know i'm preventing you from doing what you're supposed to be doing you need to kind of go forward and go do this and so the the energy is very shifty and very changing and very moving everything forward on a whole new level so your job with this energy is to understand it's intense it's going to bring up old stuff old old emotions that's what's supposed to happen for clearing they're coming up to be cleared and released so you can move on. So I have one of my students who's working on a very intense internal project and came up with a solution to it and wrote me an email saying, you know, I think I'm going to do this. And I'm like, okay, you have my complete support, however I can help you, right? It, you you want to help people? You want to say to them, how can I help support you in this? You do not want to tell them what to do because this is their path. And you want to give them a lot of love and support. You want to give yourself a lot of love and support, especially if you're feeling like, oh, my God, how do I do this? What do I do? And honoring that and giving that a space, giving that a space to open 
a space to be seen and held and felt. And eclipses are emotional. They really are. And this one's on the sun and the moon, so it's really emotional. And you may meet people on the eclipse that are really important to your life. So I just spent a couple of days in Ann Arbor at the Great Lakes Astrology Conference, which I go to every year, but this year was the eclipse. So I had, you know, I talked about it here on the show, and a number of people that listened to the show came. So it was nice to meet them in person and, you know, put a face to a voice (laughs) and hang out and tell stories and go to lectures and learn from each other. And then I met some new people that I'd never met before and had really interesting conversations with. And then I was like, I learned a bunch of stuff. You know, particularly from Tamira, who did this amazing presentation on out-of-bounds planets. And then, of course, I have a jewelry budget. (laughs) I have a lot of astrology books. I don't really need to buy any new astrology books. So I have a budget that I used to go to astrology conferences with for books. So I now just transferred it to jewelry. So there's a wonderful woman there who sells beautiful jewelry, and I bought a couple really nice pieces. So it's, uh, it's the eclipse season. Pay attention to who comes in. Pay attention to what they're saying to you. Listen to the reveals. Listen to the energy of it and kind of figure out, you know, what you want to do with it and how you want to work with it because the energy is really, really potent and is very profound and it's very dramatic, very dramatic. Now, the next one that we're coming up on is emotional. So you do want to leave a little space. It's not till the 27th, but it can hit at any time, <laughs> as witnessed by my client who was sobbing hysterically um, in California. Uh, so honor honor the energy. When you need to sob hysterically, you need to go and hang out in your bed and pull the covers over your head. Totally appropriate for eclipse season. This is high emotions flooding your system, and they're flooding the two most important houses. They're flooding first how you nurture yourself, the house of cancer, and then they're flooding the house of what you're here to create and do, the house of Leo. So it's important. It's important to be kind to yourself. It's important to take extra time for yourself. It's important to just give yourself a space. Um, and, and I think if you do that, you'll find the season goes a little better and also recognize you may be finding you're really drained energetically. Go to bed. Give yourself extra time off. Schedule in downtime. Or you may find you're extra hyper. I mean, I was up last night. I had a really interesting conversation with someone until about 1.30. You know, I planned to go to bed at 8.30. That was my thought. I'm going to finish the banquet and go right, right to bed. Well, 1.30 I go to bed. And then I'm awake. And I'm in bed. And I normally hit the bed and go right to sleep. But, you know, I had to catch an early plane this morning. So I was like up and up and up and up. And I thought, should I do some work? And I thought, no, you're just going to lie here and you're going to meditate. You're just going to breathe. You're going to. And it was, you know, normally I'm going to sleep in a heartbeat, but not last night. So watch when your schedules change or your system changes because you may find you're, you're not working your normal rhythms. Um, So that's the other thing to be kind to yourself about. All right, so let's talk about the moons this week. Um, This is the week of July 15th. So the moon right now today is in Virgo, and it's it's in Virgo, and it's zooming along and uh, going forward, and it's going to get in, going to be in Virgo today, tomorrow, the 16th, and it's going to be there until 6:49 in the morning when it sextiles the sun. And it has a sextile this sun and is in highly creative mode. Uh, and so that the good good week for Monday, Sunday, Monday, getting stuff done. Moon is void most of the day on Tuesday, going into Libra at 3.42. These are Eastern Standard Times. Going into Libra at 3.42 p.m. 
It's going to be a Libra Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday until 3.52 p.m. when it goes void with a square to the sun. So moon in Libra, square the sun in Cancer. So your need for partnership versus your need to kind of disappear and go be quiet, a little bit of conflict. Then we go. We are void in the afternoon from 3.52 to 9.13 p.m. And when the moon goes into Scorpio, so it's in Scorpio the evening of Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and it goes void at 5.18 in the morning, Sunday morning, with a moon in Scorpio trying the sun in Cancer. So that's a very creative. And, of course, on Sunday the sun enters Leo. So we get rid of Cancer and we go into Leo. The sun shines bright at 5 o'clock at night, uh, and we have this new energy, right? Um, so the moon trying the sun gives us this really strong energy. And then next Sunday... The moon goes void at 5.18 in the morning, and it enters Sag at 6.12 in the morning. So the moon is in Sag all day Sunday, the 22nd, the 23rd, and then it goes void with a trine to Mercury. So all pretty nice moons, aside from a little bit of emotional versus relationship conflict. So Libra moon squaring the sun in Cancer, a little argument between what makes me feel emotionally secure versus what partnership is or what are the us versus me kind of thing. So just know that that's a dynamic you're going to have to discuss Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, and Thursday in the day. Okay, And Libra Moon, of course, wants to be connected and related, but right now Venus is in Virgo, so her ruler is in a little bit of a critical place. So you can feel like partner is being, or people, not necessarily romantic partners, but people that you're involved with are being a bit isolationist and not supporting you emotionally. And that's exactly what they're supposed to be doing because <laughs> you're supposed to be supporting yourself emotionally. Um, that said, you know, it, it, is a, it is a time where we want to honor that, that people can feel a little extra out of sorts because of the eclipse energy, right, because it's kind of pushing us on a different level. So just know eclipses, eclipses, eclipses. And everybody, when you have an eclipse, you know, the the client in uh, California, she says, you know, Anne, I do believe in eclipses. <laughs> and I, I am always reminded when I had my first big eclipse, it was probably 95 or 6, and it was uh, Libra, was on 28 Libra. And I, like, had a complete meltdown. And Eileen McCabe, who's a brilliant astrologer here in New York, said to me, well, Anne, this eclipse is on... This, this conjunction that happened in 1982 between Saturn and Pluto about relationships, was that a significant time for you? And I burst into tears and I sobbed and I sobbed and I said, that's when my mother got diagnosed with colon cancer and then she died like, you know, and five months later. And so she goes, well, this is a very sensitive time. <laughs> and so we, we proceed with sensitivity. And I, I, I am printed on Eileen at that point. She became my mother, my mother astrologer. I was like a little baby duckling going, oh, my God, I just adore you. So, and I, at that point I said, you know, I do believe in eclipses. I do, I do. Kind of like the cowardly lion, you know, when he does believe in whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, you may find yourself going, I do believe in eclipses. I do, I do. Because it is eclipse season. And it really helps us see things clearly that we never saw before on a whole new level that we didn't know about, that we go, wow, wow. And we have to figure out how to work with it. That's the other part. And that's part two. 
Part one is getting through it. Part two is figuring out what you want to do with it. But remember, here on Earth School, the goal is to get you to learn what your chart wants you to do and to get you to do what your chart wants you to do because you incarnated into that chart for a reason and you're here to live that moment in time. So it's up to you and me and all of us to live our best charts. So with that, we'll go on to the rest of the aspects. And I have little Remo here because Mom's been gone for a couple of days. He's hanging out on the desk uh, cuddling. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Yes, nice to see you. I know. I have to do my radio show. Why do you wait until I start talking to come over here? Because I'm a cat. Yeah, I know. You're a cat. You can do that. All right, so this week the sun goes from 23 to 2 of Leo. Um, so it's going a little slower. Remember, in the winter, the sun goes in the northern hemisphere. The sun goes faster, and in the summer, it goes slower. Um, that's why the northern, why we often say of the winter children that they're older souls because they advance faster. The summer people are just partying and having fun. Of course, in the other hemisphere, it's reversed. Um, in their summer, it uh, goes fast, and in their winter, it goes slow. So you have to jump just for hemispheric adjustments. But right now, the sun's moving slowly. So it's a 23 uh, Cancer, and then it goes to two, almost to Leo. So the last bits of Cancer are going to be a little bit dramatic because it's going to square Eris, the goddess of discord, on the 16th on Monday. And, of course, that's when our president is due to meet with Vladimir Putin. So sun square Eris, you know, a little bit of energetic arguing, arguing uh, c- connections. We also have a lot of energy around home and hearth on the 21st uh, because the sun is biquintile Vesta. And that is an energy of wanting to go home again. So kind of watch if you meet anybody on the 21st or around the 21st, if they feel like they're your tribe, right? Because when the sun forms a biquintile in the sky, we can really feel like, oh, wow, these are my people. This is my tribe. These are my folks. This is where I'm supposed to be. And then on the 22nd, the sun goes into Leo at 5 p.m., and that kicks us off into a whole new 30 days of sunshine and brightness. The sun's in its favorite sign, its rulership. And then the sun has a sesquiquadrate to Neptune, uh, which is a little bit of stress around not seeing things clearly. So do recognize you might feel like, I'm not really seeing that clearly. That's actually okay because we're, <laughs> we're heading into the eclipse where the lights go off and they come back on, and then you really see everything clearly. Kind of like walking out of a movie theater on a dark, on a bright and sunny day, and your eyes kind of go blink, blink. So we're having that energy coming, because the lunar eclipse, emotions get taken out. Um, Mercury this week is moving slowly because he's getting ready to station to go retrograde, so he only goes from 19 to 23. Very pokey. He has a sesquiquadrature with Saturn, suggesting difficult words around things. And then he has an inconjunct to Pluto on the 16th, suggesting there's a need for an adjustment. Now, Mercury and Leo, inconjunct Pluto and Capricorn, is a stressful aspect. Of course, Pluto's the slower guy, and um, this is a Virgo shape, right? Or, I'm sorry, it's a Scorpio shape. It's a strategic adjustment. You have to strategically adjust your situation this week because stuff is changing. Mercury is also uh, parallel Uranus, which means he's at the same level of declination. So even though Mercury is in Leo and Uranus is in Taurus, they're rolling at the same level in the sky. So you can expect all sorts of really interesting communications on the 20th, on or around the 20th, things kind of popping, 
And remember, Mercury's in his shadow, getting ready for his retrograde station. So he likes to tell the stories. And he's in Leo, so he's going to tell them in a way that's very proud. He's going to kind of brag about them. And when someone brags about something and you kind of go, you know, that that probably isn't something you should be bragging about. <laughs> you may you may have that reaction to what they say because it's going to be like, wow, you really should be telling me that, you know, because of that Leo, right? Then we have the trine to Vesta, Mercury trines Vesta on the 21st. Again, a really nesting energy and, you know, a lot of energy this week about tribes. So whether it's family reunions or it's my case was reunioning with my tribe of astrologers this weekend and now I'm going to my tribe of Jungians, you know, my little tribes, my, my peep groups where you kind of go, yeah, let's have a conversation. Let's, let's talk about stuff. Venus is going really fast. She's like flying through the sky. And um, she's a Virgo right now, so she's, but it's not a sign she likes, but she's doing a lot of work in Virgo. So she's at 5 Virgo, and she zips along to 13, almost 14 Virgo. And so first up, she kicks the nodes of fate, which means there's an adjusting energy where she kind of connects with people and works with them on a different level. And then she has a trine to Juno, which is how she partners and who she partners with and what she partners about. And then Venus is also then in conjunct Mars on the 16th, which is a stressful adjust, adjustment around the masculine and the feminine energy. Remember, right now, Mars is an Aquarius out-of-bounds retrograde. So you may find out about people behaving badly and um, need, to, need to do something about it. So earlier this week, I was talking to one of my students who's having the eclipse very active in her chart, and it's bringing up some old situ- old situations in her life that she needs to clear. And so, you know, it's like she knows it. She's an astrologer. <laughs> but it's also hard because it's the inconjunct to Mars. And it's Mars out of bounds. So it's a little bit about how brave do I behave and what do I do, right? So the energy of the Venus in Virgo, it can feel a little intimidated, right? Um because Venus is, is in, it's not in a happy place when it's in Virgo. It feels like the servant. It feels like it, it has to have it happen. And, of course, this is Virgo, which is the Me Too stuff. So where people with the inconjunct to Mars, this can be people dealing with people that were assaultive to you or that assaulted you in some way, shape, or form that you need to speak your truth to. Um, Venus joins up with Ceres on the 16th, and it says, okay, how we're going to do it, and she joins with the marriage planet on the 16th, how we're going to partner with it, so there's a lot of partnering and marriage energy here that's real important. Then she has a sesquiquadrate with Eris. Now, when Venus aspects Eris, one of the things that happens, it's the two feminine energies getting together, but Eris also is really designed to say, we're not going to do it this way anymore, we're going to change it up. So there's a lot of energy here around how do we change it up and what do we do to change it. And then Venus is biquintile to Mars, so she does have a forward motion aspect with him. And she also is biquintile to the south node. So what she does with she biquintiles the south node, she is able to release things. And that's going to happen on the 20th. So watch for Venus to say, okay, I figured this out and I know how to release it. And Venus is also sextile Jupiter, 
on the 22nd, which is a good aspect. Jupiter's in Scorpio, and so that's very much her getting her courage up. So a lot of times this week, when you're Venusian, when you're Venus, when you're feminine energies, and this works for men too, we all have feminine energies. When your feminine energies are feeling a little bit under siege, just know that when we get to the end of the week, they're going to feel better because they're going to have a sextile to Jupiter, which gives them some support, and they're going to have a contraparallel right after that to Neptune, which helps them see things they hadn't seen before. And also recognize that when you're working in when you're working in a community, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a way of looking at it. So, if you're going to Venus aspect uh, Eris, you're going to go up against the considered opinion. Proceed with an awareness that that is something that does need to be done, but that also when you do that, that there are people that are going to be mad. And that is an energy that's kind of running because Mars is out of bounds, right, on the south node. But also Mars out of bounds on the south node is an opportunity to go after bad behavior and say, you know, that behavior is really out of bounds. (laughs) I'm not putting up with it anymore, right? So that's the other positive. Now, Mars this week, very strong. He does square with, uh, he does square, he goes from seven to five. Remember, he's going backwards. And he has an adjusting energy to Ceres and how he gets nurturing principles. And he has a square to the marriage planet and the partnership planet. And he also hits that south node real hard on the 20th. So we can anticipate some stuff. Now, when he hit the heart, when he hit the node going in, that was when Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain killed themselves, and we had a bunch of hoo-ha. There was a bunch of other stuff I don't remember, but I know that it's a real big "I can't take it anymore" aspect. So if you've got people that are on the edge of can't take it anymore, follow up with them on the twentieth or before that, and make sure they're okay. Mars is also opposite Pallas Athena on the twenty-first, which is a lot of energy around seeing patterns and, and inviting them to change. Saturn is in is he's he's at 4 Capricorn uh, going retrograde this week and he's in conjunct to Athena. So he's going to look at some patterns and say I think they need to change. And remember he's asked he's about he's near the node of fate, you know, he's in that same energy system, but Athena is in the nodes. She's getting aspected by Mars. So there's a lot of energy with the authority figures looking and saying, how do we proceed and what do we do? And then the direction that we're going to head in. And then Saturn quintiles Neptune gives us a very positive forward motion with that quintile um, as Saturn aspects the dream and invites us to change. Uranus, however, squares Athena. So he looks at her and he says, well, she needs to change. And Uranus also is a semi-sextile Chiron, and there's a lot of energy there about working with old wounds and helping them open up to heal, because you do have to heal them. And I was talking with my friend Andy, who was at the conference, and she was talking about her friend, who was like, we have to open that up, we have to open that wound up, because she had an infection in her leg. We have to open up the wounds of this week to let them heal, and this is a week for doing that. And I always love how the stories get told, and then I look at the weekly weather, and I'm like, well, there's the image of opening up the wound on the 16th. So find the wound, open it up, because that's how it heals. Pluto is parallel Vesta. gives us a whole new direction and a whole new concept of what we want to do around nest in our home and our creation. Chiron trines Athena, which has a lot to do with how (coughs) how we strategize working with our wound in a productive way. 
and that happens on the 15th. And then Vesta sesquiquadrates Juno, giving us a very strong energy of partnering and creating. And then uh, Pallas Athena hits those nodes of fate on the 22nd. So she says, okay, I'm going to partner in a new way and work with us in a new way. And then last but not least, Eris stations on the 20th. Now, in Eris stations, <clears throat> we know it's hell. <laughs> five days before, five days after. So she's stationing right in the middle of this mess. So we're going to have Eris stopped in the sky. What she asks us to do when she's not picking fights with us is she encourages us to look at the systems that need to change and to change them. Do not let them stay the way they are. Change them, change them, because otherwise it gets worse. So the opportunity here for change is great. And with Eris stopped on the 20th, we have the five days before, the five days after, which, of course, dumps us into next week's eclipse. So expect a lot of emotion, expect a lot of passion, expect a lot of, uh, with the Virgo energy of Venus, a lot of eruptions. There is a grand trine in Earth. You can use it productively to create. There's a grand trine in water that's starting to separate, but you can use that productively to feel. And I encourage you all to kind of be kind and nice and gentle with yourself this week because the energy is really potent. Um, Thank you all for listening and big hugs. Um, A little promotion here. Uh, I'm going to be running, I'm going to be speaking in Tucson at the OPA retreat at iAstrologer. There's information on the website, OPA, the Organization for Professional Astrologers. That's in Tucson in October. And one of the things that OPA does is offer certification. And I'm going to be, for the first time, because I recently received my certification from OPA, I'm going to be offering OPA certifications. So I have 59 people in process in ESAR, certification and I have about 12 to 13 I think in process in NCGRs. NCGRs is a little more rigorous and now I'm doing OPAs. So if you're interested in being certified as an astrologer by OPA, you know, think of signing up and coming to Tucson in October. And um, that's it. So I wish you all a great week and a wonderful eclipse and uh, just be kind, really be kind and nice and give yourself extra space. And when in doubt, call someone who loves you and say, you know, I really need to cry in your arms or hug your cat. Take care. This is Ann Ortley signing off from the Bright Red Desk, wishing you a very merry eclipse season. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 